I'm Lauren McCall, founder of the Lauren McCall Animal Communication Academy, an international author, a teacher, a podcaster. And I'm Bertha Eddington, who's passionate about helping people get the word out on their good works. Together, we welcome you to Animal Wise, the podcast where, from playful to profound, Animal Wise brings animal wisdom to your world. And we are recording from our not-so-soundproof so home studios, so if you do hear anything, please bear with us, um, and we appreciate you listening. Today, we're going to talk about a topic uh, that is important and I know concerns everyone from the country to the suburbs to the city, and that is the topic of sharing habitats with our, our wildlife. I, I personally, for example, live around a lot of canyons and we have a fair amount of wildlife. And with some regularity, coyotes will catch someone's that poor cat or poor dog, and we know what happens in that situation. And fortunately, I, I live in an area where people are enlightened enough to say, you know, we're sharing their habitat. They were actually here before we were, so we don't get up posses to go kill coyotes. Um, but, Lauren, I know that you live in an even more rural area than I do. Uh, do you, can you share any ex- stories about sharing habitats? Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. Um, at the moment, I live about just over 300 meters up Parrot Mountain uh, in Oregon. Uh, It's a very beautiful area, fairly rural, and there's quite a bit of wildlife around us, you know, um, hawks and quail and skunks and deer and coyotes. And actually, we had a bobcat wander across our back lawn over the weekend, which was very impressive. Very cool. Yeah. Um, But anyway, over the years that we've been here, I've made it a habit to connect telepathically with various wildlife, especially in the hot summers or the freezing winters, you know, checking in to see if they need any food or water. And I have, in fact, put out buckets of water more than once in the summer for passing deer. In fact, um, one hot summer, we had a young male deer, a buck, make himself comfortable in the shade on the side of our house, actually leaning up and sleeping against the house. I, I even got a photo of him. It was amazing. Wow. That's, that is amazing. I, I mean, I've seen deer in protected areas, and you can even get kind of close with them. And uh, But for a deer to actually leap against a house mm. with people in it, I hope you had a chat with them. Of course I did. (laughs) Um, And it led for a very interesting conversation, which, of course, is what I'm going to share with our uh, listeners today. So um, I began the conversation by asking, so may I ask why you came and laid next to our house? This is very unusual. The deer replied, I felt safe. You have a special energy around your house. Animals know that it is a safe place to rest and be around. I replied, that makes me happy to know that. I work with animals often, I said, but wild animals like you, less often. The deer replied, we do not usually seek people out. We're very cautious. And why is that, I asked. The deer said, When people come and build their buildings, the energy of the land changes. It looks and feels different. 
the vibrations are usually lower. If I look at the land here on this mountain, it has a vibrant energy. This means it is healthy, living. It is the color of a living earth, and there is a sense of harmony in this color. When people come and clear the land of trees, the vibration changes, the colors change. And to me, many places on the mountain look like an energy patchwork of different colors. That has to do with what has been done with the land and those who live on it. Most people are kind to the land and to us, but some are not. I said, yes. So how you see the land, the vibration, does that determine where you go? I do see you and all the other deer all over the mountain. The deer replied, there's a lot of food around here usually. We're lucky. Our numbers multiply. So we know the good, safe places to go. And of course, we have a network of deer communication for this area, and we share information. I said somewhat surprised. So you have a Parrot Mountain deer communication network? The buck said, yes, is that not an obvious thing to do? I said, uh, sure. How many deer are involved? The deer replied, probably 15 to 20. The number goes up and down a little. That's, that's so funny. So the Lauren house is on the uh, deer safe network. You're easy to cruise by. Hey, I know you're not done talking about what you shared with him, but I I just want to pull out one thing that struck me already, and that's the deer's thoughts about the vibrations and the colors of the land and how he can see the energy network. And I, I personally think we all have the ability to open ourselves up to be able to do that. Um, but we we have been trained to see things a certain way, and we've been accustomed, and, and sometimes we want to see things the way we want to see them. So mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting that if we sh- could try to open ourselves up to that more natural harmony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a different way of looking at things, absolutely. And of course, um, one of the main goals of this podcast is to help people see things through the eyes of the animals, because it, it, it is... A different world and one that most of us can only glimpse from time to time yes and that that is like you said the purpose one of the purposes of this podcast is to look at how things work and how animals think and feel about their environment and how they communicate as a group and, and fortunately communicate with you yeah and you know it's it's helpful I think for for all of our listeners to remember that Animals of all species talk to each other all the time. Uh, Humans use speech and body language. Animals use telepathy and body language. But they do connect with each other all the time, just as people do. It makes absolutely perfect sense. Perfect sense. So as your interaction with the deer went on, were there any more lighthearted, less uh, philosophical aspects (laughs) to the conversation? Yes, uh huh. As a matter of fact, 
after chatting with how um, the buck had spent many days uh, using our house as a rest house, um, I, I finally asked him, I said, um, so are you one of the deer who eat my roses? The buck replied, of course. We know that you don't like it, but they're so tasty. What a treat. I said, but I made a bargain with you. I would give you water if you didn't eat my roses. The deer replied, and I didn't eat your roses then, but I did before we made our deal. I said, I see. What kind of relationship do you have with other animal species in this area? The buck replied, well, deer get along with all other creatures. We have no predators except coyotes, and they can only hurt us when we are very sick or old. Then sometimes the coyotes give us a quick and easy death. The hawks, falcons, and vultures also feast on us when we have died. But aside from that, we are friends to animals of different species. We see a lot of beauty, and we usually feel a lot of freedom. But our territory is shrinking, and we feel uncertainty too. Before, we could forage in the valley below. It was warmer down there in the winter, now there are more houses and people and less food. There are more cars. We do not like cars. I replied, no. Cars kill many deer. I asked, what makes you happy in your life? The deer replied, eating your roses. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking cool water on a hot day smelling the air just before the sun comes up and after it goes down. And is there anything you're afraid of, I asked? The deer said, as an animal with poor defenses, except our legs and speed, we move through our lives with caution. We don't fear much. But I worry about the changes that are happening on this mountain, the development, even near to your house. I said, yes, I worry about it too. I don't see that there is anything that can prevent these changes to your habitat. The world is changing and many species are being crowded out. Deer replied, I think an essential life skill is learning to cope with change. You change or you die. For wild animals in many places, I think it is a reality and maybe always has been. I said, yes, I agree. And yet I am speaking to you with animal communication. This is becoming more accepted and more and more people are looking to connect with the animals in the world around them. The buck replied, then this is good. What people forget though, is that we are already connected they have just forgotten this. Being human comes with responsibility to do the right thing and protect the environment. I said, well, unfortunately, this is often sacrificed for profit, but there are people in the world who care deeply. The deer said, 
soul, the world is a patchwork of good and bad vibrations, just like our mountain. That is such an incredibly touching conversation. And I mean, the depth and the range that you, mm. you of topics you discussed is amazing. I, I think one of the important takeaways for me is the fact that the fact and the reminder that we are all connected. We are all connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that's really key. Yeah. 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 So Lauren, since we're talking about sharing spaces, um, you know, some of our less attractive friends, shall we say bugs, <laughs> often drive us crazy. And you have another brief, interesting conversation with some ants that you can share with us. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting one. Uh, people often ask me about the ability to connect with um nests of animals, groups of animals, collectives of bees or ants or whatever they may be. Um, and so, I, yeah, I'd like to share this with people. Um, a, a few years ago, one day, I, I noticed a little pile of wood shavings underneath the frame that was holding our outdoor hot tub. And on further investigation, I discovered a long, clearly long-established colony of carpenter ants. Uh, for those of you who don't know carpenter ants, they eat wood, hence the name <laughs> carpenter. And the nest was very big, and there were actually a lot of different piles of shavings around. And rather than exterminate them, uh, which I didn't want to do, I addressed the queen ant, which is something you can do when you speak to a a collective to, to ask to speak to a representative or um, take me to your leader sort of thing. <laughs> um, I addressed the queen ant and asked them um, to leave of their own accord. And I said, your colony is destroying my space here. The queen ant replied, we have been coming here for generations. I said, yes, it looks that way. There is a lot of damage. The ant replied, That was not our intention. But nesting here is good for our colony, and the survival of the colony is everything. I said, Well, I do understand that. But because of the damage, either you leave or I will have to have you killed, and I do not want to do that. The ant asked, Are you sure? I said, Yes, and I'm, I'm sorry. The ant replied, The colony must survive, and completing this cycle is key to that. We are a carefully balanced world. We must all contribute. We must all do our part. Some would sacrifice themselves for the greater good, but the overall balance must be maintained for the good of the group. This is near the end of the time when our young are born and come into the world. If you leave us to complete this cycle, then we will not return again. I said, well, if you can keep your word, then I will happily agree to this. The queen ant said, I speak for all of us. You have our word. So did they keep their word? 
They did. They huh? did. They did not come back. It was absolutely amazing. Wow. Wow. Boy, to be able to make deals with the pesky bugs of all sorts um, <laughs> is well worth all the animal communication classes in the world. <laughs> well, I, I have to hold up my hands and say, you know, um, it doesn't always work this well. Um, people, um, we all need to understand or remember that animals have free will and getting them to do things, just like getting people to do things, can be hit and miss. And oftentimes it's a process of negotiation. In this case, it worked out well. That's not always so. Yeah. Again, a reminder that we're all connected and we have more in common than we don't, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, and great. That's super, Lauren. Thank you um, for listening to Animal Wise, everyone out there today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I do. If you've enjoyed what you've heard and want to hear more, please do subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform from Apple to Spotify and more. And tell your friends, family, and even perfect strangers. Talk to you next time. Thanks. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone.